0: You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The feed hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is a very, very special show, and I'll get to why in just a second. Um, the title of this show, I haven't quite worked it out, but it's probably going to be something along the lines of like babies, weddings, and turkeys, or turkeys and babies, something like that. Basically what is going on, if you are listening to this episode, that means that I have either recently had a child or am in the process of having a child, something along those lines. So I am recording this episode ahead of time. Uh, I'm going to be telling my turkey story, my 2022 spring turkey and uh, basically, like I said, I'm recording this ahead of time so that if my wife goes into labor, whenever that might be, I have this episode ready to go so I don't have to worry about recording and editing a podcast either at the hospital or soon after returning from the hospital with our baby girl and so yes that is the deal so like I said if you're listening to this episode wish me luck because we probably have a newborn baby entering this world so that's the deal like I mentioned I'm gonna be telling my turkey story from uh, gosh a month ago month and a half ago something like that I've kind of been holding on to it For this reason, and uh, yeah, like you know, because I I don't have a guest with this one. It's just going to be me. I'm going to be going through the story, and it's just a nice, easy one for me to put in my back pocket and wait until this exciting day comes. So that's what's going on this week. This might be a shorter one. I don't know. I haven't recorded it yet. Uh, I'm going to be telling the full story. And uh, thank you guys for bearing with me uh, as this episode is just, like I said, kind of a little. Not necessarily a, f- a filler, like I'm going to be telling the full story. It's going to be a full episode, um, but it's just one that I can kind of store away for that special day uh, so that I don't have to worry about an episode that week. So that's the plan this week. We're going to get a real quick uh, shout out from our sponsors, and then I'm going to jump into my 2022 spring turkey season right after this. Deer Lab is the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. From photo recognition to tracking individual animals, DeerLab's trail camera app saves you time, is easy to use, and works with all trail camera manufacturers. DeerLab makes it drop-dead simple to track specific animals or groups of animals using your trail camera photos. Profiles allow you to understand patterns by date ranges, times, and camera locations. DeerLab's heat map allows you to visually see how a profiled animal moves at different times of the year. For all these features and more, check out DeerLab.com. Arrowhead Land Company has one goal, to help the hardworking landowners of Oklahoma and beyond. Founders Will Bellis and Andrew Schultz have years of real estate experience behind them and will use it to help you either buy or sell that little slice of heaven. Real estate is one of the oldest and safest investments you can make in this great country of ours, So it makes sense that you want to trust that decision with someone who really knows the business and wants what's best for you. And it certainly doesn't hurt if that person knows a thing or two about hunting also. So check out Arrowhead Land Company for all your land buying and selling needs. One lake, all day, all yours. That's the private water fishing motto. Private Waters Fishing is a member-based fishing club that offers a superior outdoor experience and some of the best bass fishing Oklahoma and Texas has to offer. Private means private. When you reserve a lake, you have exclusive access with no other members on the lake with you. These are professionally managed and stocked lakes, most of which are over 10 acres in size. If you want to get in on the action, call 214 871 44 ...or go to privatewaterfishing.com. Alrighty folks, welcome to story time. This is the story of my 2022 turkey season. So, going into this season, I basically already knew that things were going to be tough. We sold our property where I've done most of my turkey hunting the last several years. All we have is our new property... And uh, there's just no turkeys there. And so right off the bat, I knew things were going to be tough. Uh, add to the part or add to that that, you know, we're in southeastern Oklahoma. It's not really known for an abundance of turkeys to begin with. Um, and so I just knew it was going to be tough. Um, but my my good buddy from high school, uh, his family has a place in the panhandle of Texas. That's where I went last year and shot a turkey. And we had that trip planned again for this year. So I knew I was probably at least going to get uh, that That one weekend going out there. Uh, That weekend comes, and uh, just because of some stuff he had going on, some family stuff, we actually had to cancel that trip last minute. Like, we were supposed to leave on Friday. We had to cancel the trip, like, Friday afternoon. Just some things came up. And so, when that trip got canceled, I was like, man, that might be it. Uh, We had a pretty busy spring, my wife and I. And I just didn't have any free weekends to go. Um, You know, I was kind of counting on that trip to be my turkey trip for the year. Um, and obviously that fell through. So now I'm already down to, like, plan C. So now I'm looking at maybe some public land options, uh, started doing some map scouting in places like in northwestern Oklahoma where the turkey population is a little higher, and uh, just trying to figure out, you know, how to make this work, if I can get away. Uh, but I just I really don't have that many free weekends. And so the weekend of April 30th, my wife and I had a wedding uh, out in West Texas. One of her childhood friends, they went to church camp from, like, Elementary school all the way through high school. Really good friends. Uh, she got a job out there with, uh, I believe, Big Brother, Big Sister. And so she's out in West Texas, met a guy. They're getting married out there. And, um, and we start talking about our plan for getting out there. Well, she had to go on Friday. The wedding was on Saturday. She had to go on Friday to help set up, and they are doing bachelorette stuff. And so we are going to have to drive separate. And, well, when I found that out, I was like, hey, we got a wedding in West Texas. I got a buddy with a lease in West Texas what if i just go hunting there he like he's got turkeys there and so (laughs) for some reason in my mind i was like well both of these things are in west texas it's got to be like basically on the way uh come to find out later i didn't really realize until i was actually like on my way driving there was not on the way whatsoever it was a good like two hours out of the way uh but ended up working out and so i called my buddy on like wednesday before something uh, I was like, Hey, like, are you cool if I go out there and do some turkey hunting? He's like, yeah, man, that's, that's cool. Place is yours. Um, I think once I said I was going to go out there, he was like, well, I might as well go too. And so he ended up, uh, calling one of his buddies and they decided that they were going to come too. And so we were going to meet up there. Uh, my buddy who's, you know, has the lease, he's not really a turkey hunter. And so I think he saw that as a good excuse to like, let me, you know, kind of guide for his buddy. So he didn't have to wake up early and and uh, and then after I left, they were going to stick around and do some hog hunting and stuff like that. So so ended up working out for me to do this. Um, I was hoping to maybe try to get off work early on Friday. That ended up get, or not working out, and so basically it came down to I had one morning. So got off work Friday, came home, packed my bags, grabbed my shotgun, and drove out to West Texas and uh, show up at the place. Uh, my buddy, Randy, uh, him and his, uh, buddy are already out there. And actually I think that his buddy brought his br- brother-in-law also. And so there was three of them, one of me, they had beat me out there. So they had actually jumped in the ranch truck and headed out to the lease. Um, we stayed at a little farmhouse thing that's not on the property. And so I'm just chilling about, you know, at the house by myself. Uh, they come back, they get there like, man, we found the roost. Like they had, you know, taken binoculars and stuff. They'd gotten there kind of late. Um, but they had done a little scouting. They said they had a spot picked out like they were ready to go they were confident in it. and uh, so they were gonna go there obviously and uh, I was like, well, I was like I'll just drop them off at their spot and I'll just keep going you know a little further back and just kind of basically try my blind luck. And so we made a plan that night. We stayed up too late stuff in our faces. Randy's a really good cook. He had brought all kinds of meats and steaks and stuff like that. We grilled out uh, his friend Jason. Brought some Nilgai guy sausage, like jalapeno sausage. And normally I'm not a huge jalapeno guy, but this was some of the best tasting meat I've ever had. Like it makes me want to go Nilgai guy hunting really, really bad. He said he goes every year, he goes once a year, kills a Nilgai. guy. I believe he said he keeps the back straps and tenderloins and just turns everything else into this sausage. And I absolutely see why. It was phenomenal. So stayed up too late, ate way too much. Next morning, we wake up, and me and Jason, that was Randy's buddy, and Kevin, which is Jason's brother-in-law, the three of us jump in the old ranch truck, take off, and uh, we head out to the lease. Um, basically, the way I, this is the same place I've been deer hunting. I've described it before in the podcast, but it's basically really long and skinny, and so there's one main road that follows the, the lease all the way back. Uh, so we're following the one road. We get to the spot they wanted to go. Uh, we're, there super early, you know, it's not daylight yet. Um, they get out and I'm kind of pointing you know, they, they're not, uh, as used to this place. And so, uh, I'm kind of using the moonlight and the tree lines and and X and saying, you know, this is where we are. This is where y'all saw the birds. This is where you're trying to get to and kind of got them lined out. And, uh, so they felt good. They felt confident. And then, so I take off driving and I just kind of keep heading towards the back. Uh, no real goal in mind. Um, I basically headed back to where, almost to where I had killed my deer. Um, the, the day that I killed my deer back there, I saw a bunch of turkeys also. There was like two or three different flocks of turkeys I saw. And so that's kind of what I had in my mind. I was like, well, I'm going to go back there by that blind, uh, you know, do some calling. And that's just kind of my plan. So I get back there by the time I get back there, it's, it's basically daylight. It's not quite shooting light, but it's getting pretty light. So I park the truck, you know, get my stuff together, take a quick leak, and I start walking down the road towards that back blind. And so I walk about 100 yards or so, and all of a sudden I hear a gobble back behind me. And so I, I stop, and I listen for a second, and this is where, like, I, I really felt like I grew as a hunter in this moment, because for whatever reason... My mind was just like, hey, you have this plan, stick to this plan. Like you have this spot in mind, go to that spot. And then like the other little devil on my shoulder, in this case, the angel probably, uh, was like, hey, you idiot, like you hear a turkey, you know, there is a turkey there. Why on earth would you leave that turkey? And so I actually just stood there in the road for, you know, 30 seconds or so trying to figure out what I was going to do. And finally, I was like, you know what? my subconscious, whatever you want to call it, is right. I was like, there is a bird over there. Why on earth would I not go towards that bird? So basically completely turn around, walk into the brush a little bit, start walking back the other direction. And uh, I get, you know, kind of to where I think I'm close, but not too close. And I pull out my decoy and I start to set up and I hear the turkey gobble again. And I realize it's even further. And so I, I, you know, it's still early enough and I'm pretty sure he's still on the roost. It's kind of like it's coming from the same spot. So pick the decoy up, keep walking, and uh, I go about another hundred yards or so, feel like I'm in a good spot, and you know, up on you know, it's all pretty flat out there, but I'm on somewhat of a little rise. So I start setting my decoy up, pull my chair out, hear the bird gobble again, and he's still further than I think. And so I'm I, I'm pretty sure this is the same bird. I feel like he's still on the roost, and so I was like, you know what? I, I think I just gotta go with my gut and just keep going. So pull up the decoy for the second time, walk about 100 yards further. And I was like, all right, like I got to be close this time. I don't want to get too close. Uh, you know, I, I want to be close to the roost, obviously, but I know you can get too close. So I was like, I'm, I'm staying here this time. So find a good little mesquite tree to lean against. And uh, I, I'm holding my decoy and I'm kind of looking at the terrain. And I basically have two choices because, again, I'm trying to be up on a little bit of a high spot on this little knoll. And uh, basically, this is a mesquite flat that goes into a creek. And along the creek, you have bigger trees, you know, cottonwoods and stuff. And that's where, you know, all obviously, the turkeys are roosting and everything. And so, basically, I had the option of putting the decoy closer to those cottonwood trees, like the big, tall stuff. Or I had the option of putting it to the left, kind of over this little knoll, and be more in the mesquites and stuff. And that was kind of basically the the turkey I heard gobbling was at like a 45 degree angle. So I got cottonwoods to my right and I got thick thick mesquites to my left. And so I ended up deciding to put it more towards the cottonwoods cuz I was like I was like it just makes sense that that turkey would fly down kind of still be in this taller stuff and then come out into the more open. So that's what I went with. So I put the, I go stake the turkey down closer to the cottonwoods. I go back out a little bit more into the opening find a nice little mesquite tree to lean against. I have my little, you know, seat cushion. And so I sit down and, uh, I decide I'm going to get it, you know, let it get a little bit more light. So I, I sit there for about 10 minutes, kind of let things calm down, uh, pull out my whole trusty box call. And I was like, all right, let's get this party started. So boom, hit the box call and immediately gobbler fires. And, uh, I'm, he's in the same spot. It, I can, I feel like I can even hear that it's like up in the air, like he's still on the roost um and so i was like all right like that's a good sign and so that was my first call he answered um i don't hear any other gobblers around i don't hear any hens anything like that like this is the only bird i hear and so sitting there decided to you know wait a couple more minutes a couple minutes go by hit the box call again boom turkey fires up again so i was like all right like he knows where i'm at and uh you know he's still roosted so I don't want to overcall yet. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit cautious. I'm not an expert caller by any means. Uh, like I said, I am using a good old fashioned box call. And um, so yeah, just trying to be patient. And uh, so I sit there for a few minutes and all of a sudden I hear and I hear him fly down. So I was like, all right, he's on the ground now. Let's pick, pick this back up. So grab my call, hit it again. You know, just some little light hen yelps and he immediately fires off again. And I hear him, and I can tell that he's closer than when he was roosted. So I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure I got this bird here. I think he's coming. Uh, so I'm trying to be patient. And, uh, and then it hit me that I'd brought my GoPro. And so I had it in my bag right next to me, pulled out real quick. And I'm kind of holding it in my hand because I don't know where to set it yet. Uh, I don't have a way to attach it to my gun, which I should have been more prepared for that. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of get it filmed for you guys. Uh, and so, I, so basically I take it, and I set it down by my left leg so that i can still call still have my hands um you know i, I want to kill this turkey like i'm not putting the camera first i just thought it'd be cool if i could get it on film but i don't know where to set the camera yet and so uh so i call again bird answers again and now i can hear these coming to my left which i did not want like i said i had put the decoy to the right expecting them to stay more in the trees and so i hear these coming left and uh so i was like all right so i take the gopro and i kind of just lean it up against this little log that i'd set kind of to make a little little brush blind if you want to call it that it wasn't really a blind it was like one <laughs> single log sticking up so i kind of rested up against that and uh, i reached down and i go ahead and turn it on and uh, so i'm sitting there and I, as i'm turning the gopro on i catch movement and i look up and i see this gobbler's head he's probably i'm gonna say 50 yards 50 60 yards probably and I see him coming through the mesquites, and then he just, you know, plants his feet, and bam, gobbles. I didn't call, he just gobbles, you know, he's looking for me, he's searching, he knows that there's a hen there, and so uh, he stops, and he's just strutting around, not moving, just kind of, you know, he, he puffs up, struts, and he just kind of like, take a few steps to the left, take a few steps to the right, and uh, so I reached down, grab my box call very, you know, easily, and uh, hit a few more yelps, and He fires off again. So I was like, all right, this guy's fired up. And so I look down, I look at my GoPro and it's recording, uh, but I notice it's on, or I'm sorry, it's not recording. It is on photo mode, not video. And so I'm like, oh no. So reach down again, I can see this bird. He's about 50, 60 yards. And I'm sitting there messing with the settings on my GoPro, you know, hitting the, like, well, I have all the beeps turned off, but I'm hitting the button, cycling through all the things finally get it on video hit record and uh, and when I take my hand off my sleeve caught the the GoPro deal and it falls over <laughs> and so so I reached or you know have my call kind of on my lap the, there's enough brush between me and the turkey that I feel comfortable moving a little bit you know I can see him but I can't see him real well and he's doing the same thing he was doing before like, he, like I, I know he's fired up. But he's not moving. You know, he's wanting that hand to come to him. That's what you're supposed to do naturally or they're supposed to do naturally. And so he's just hanging out in the brush. He's, you know, he'd puff up and then he'd let down. He'd puff up and he'd, you know, turn to the left, turn to the right, let down, puff back up. He's gobbling every once in a while. I mean, he's fired up. And so reach down, grab the GoPro, and there's a cattle trail between that turkey and me. And I was like, man, that gobbler's going to come straight down that cattle trail. And so I picked the GoPro up, leaned it up against that little log again, and I got a perfect shot. Like I'm, I'm just already dreaming of the footage. That gobbler's gonna come straight down that cattle trail. He's gonna pop up this little hill at like 12 yards, and I'm gonna blow him away right there on the GoPro on film. So I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready. And so I uh, got the camera situated, got my gun situated on my lap. I have my box call in my hand, hit it a few more licks, and he's, Woo! you know, he's ready. <laughs> and uh it's so anyway so i'm sitting there and i'm just so confident so i, I go ahead and set the box call down i was like man I, I think i just need to be quiet he knows where i am he's super fired up he's gonna come to me and so i can still see him through the brush got the camera running gun in my lap and um, and he's you know fired up he's still gobbling every once in a while and uh, i look back down at my camera just to make sure it's good and when i look up i notice he's walking left which I did not expect whatsoever. And so I was like, what in the world? And he's he's walking real easily. And uh, and this is the point where like I, I realized how bad I screwed up on the decoy. If I would have set the decoy up to the left, he would have seen it. He probably would have come charging in. But from where he was, he could not see my decoy because it was over a little hill down close to the cottonwood trees. And so I realized right away... Big mistake. Um, lesson learned. Turkeys will come into the opening. Uh, so yeah, learn that lesson. So anyway, he starts walking to the left. Well, he was already, right, like, I, I basically had it set up to shoot on that cattle trail because that's where I thought he would come in. Well, as he's moving left, he's getting to where I'm not going to be able to shoot. And so while he's walking left, he goes behind a big, uh, uh, big tree and I actually kind of push myself around my little tree a little bit. And he's still going left. I can see he's he's uh, he's not strutting anymore, moving left. So I scoot around the tree, have my shotgun in my lap, and I see an opening. And it's pretty far, but I was like, man, that is my opening. If he hits that opening, I have to shoot right then. And uh, I, d- I didn't have a range... F- Actually, no, I did have a rangefinder, but I didn't have it out with me. And I'm looking at this gap, and I'm like, man, that seems kind of far. But last year, I shot my turkey super far away uh, as it was you know running away from me and so I, I was feeling confident i was feeling you know very confident in my setup my shells my shotgun my shooting ability and so i basically i go ahead and pull my gun up and it's it's so brushy that i can't see him anymore but i you know every once in a while i would catch a little glimpse i know he's moving left and so i basically just set my shotgun up in that gap and i'm just waiting i'm looking straight down the barrel got the bead set up on that gap and as soon as i see him step into that gap boom, I pull the trigger, and he starts flopping and, and flopping, and I lose my mind. Like, I I felt like a professional turkey hunter. I've I've talked about it on here, but, you know, I've killed a handful of turkeys in my day. Um, honestly, I've learned a lot through this podcast, you know, just talking to people who are good turkey hunters. Um, I did two episodes back in the spring with the National Wild Turkey Federation, got a lot of tips from those guys, and uh, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, heard a, a gobbler on the roost tracked him down set up uh did a terrible job of setting up my decoy apparently but you know it ended up working out and I called this bird in and got him killed by myself and so uh but the story's not over yet the funny part is yet to come so I'm I'm you know I jump up immediately I grab, grab my GoPro which you know obviously I did not get it on film unfortunately and uh and I take off running and I get up and basically I figured out that he had walked left and actually come out on the road that I had, uh, that i drove driven in. So, that, so basically he flew down, came towards me. When he couldn't see a hen, he walked out towards that road, and he was trying to walk down the road and just get a better view. And so I step out onto the road, and I'm looking where the turkey was standing when I shot him. He kind of flopped off the road a little bit. And I look to my left, and I see the pickup. It's like, it's like 80 yards away. And so like this turkey, I mean, he had to have seen it. There's no way he did not see that truck sitting there. It's right there. And so basically, when I got out of the truck, I'd walked a about a hundred yards to the west, turned around, and came about two hundred yards to the east, and uh, and killed him right there at the truck. And I went back and looked through my old text messages, and if I remember it correctly, I believe legal shooting light was at 7 a.m. that morning. I set up at or he flew down at 7:15 and I killed him at 727. And so very, very quick ordeal. Um, I ended up, I ranged my tree from where, uh, where I shot him and ended up being a 38 yard shot. Um, One shot and done. Uh, So I can't tell y'all like how accomplished I felt after this deal. Uh, You know, I've, I've killed some turkeys in my day, but with that property we had, I was really more like deer hunting these turkeys. You know, like I saw them all the time. I knew where they were coming out. They'd come out and uh, and strut and, you know, chase each other around and gobble. And so I'd basically just kind of set up in that spot. I might have to call a little bit to kind of get them in range. But uh, I was, like I said, I was more like deer hunting and those turkeys. That was not the case with this one. It was awesome. I mean, I like, I've learned, real honestly, I've learned a lot through this podcast, you know, just interviewing the people to make these episodes for you guys, and, you know, this spring, we did the two episodes with uh, the Oklahoma chapter of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, I learned a lot from those guys. Um, I've had Michael Ashcraft on last year about turkey hunting, and, uh, and yeah, I just kind of, like, put all that knowledge to the test, and so it was really, really cool for me because, you know, the whole point of this podcast is... Is to educate and entertain, and I feel like I got to do that. I I myself was educated, and now I got to entertain y'all. Hopefully, y'all have also been educated through this process. Um, so yeah, it was just awesome, and like I said, I just felt so accomplished to hear that turkey gobble off the roost. You know, go to him, set up, call him in, kill him all by myself. It was just an amazing feat. And uh, like I said, I'm you know I think I'll always be a deer hunter at heart. Uh, but I got to say, turkey hunting moved up a notch after this hunt, after doing it completely on my own, really doing it kind of, I don't know if there's a correct way, but just doing it the hard way, I guess, is kind of what I'm trying to say. So really, really enjoyed this hunt. Uh, I found out later, so I text uh, Jason uh, after I killed it, you know, said turkey down, and he was like, really? And uh, I was like, yeah, he's like, man, we're not hearing anything, and so I actually went ahead and packed up and, uh, and you know, loaded my bird up and everything and headed back towards them. And uh, I think they may have falsely identified uh, some buzzards for the turkeys that they had saw. Um, he said they saw some buzzards, but uh, they didn't hear or see any turkeys. Um, and he was like, man, are there more back where you are? And I was like, no, I, I, I killed the only one that I heard or saw. And so, you know, I had my eyes peeled when I was driving back to look at them. They had moved around quite a bit. But come to find out, I had killed the only turkey that we had any knowledge of that was actually on the property that day. And so part of me felt like kind of cool, like, oh, yeah, look what I accomplished. The other part of me was like, I probably just got insanely lucky. Like I just so happened to be in the right spot at the right time. So unfortunately, uh, Jason and his brother-in-law didn't kill any turkeys that day. Um, they did have a really cool deer encounter. They had two does come into their setup. I think they said they were like within 20 yards and, uh, and neither of those guys are bow hunters. And so they said that was their first time ever being like so close to a deer. Um, and so they said they wouldn't trade that for the world and they were okay with not getting a turkey. And uh, they went out that evening with Randy uh, and some thermals and, and massacred some hogs. And so it ended up being a good trip for them still. So they still got to have some fun. And uh, and yeah. That was it, guys. That was my 2022 turkey season. Um, I went back to the house. I cleaned my bird, put it in the cooler, took a shower, and drove, uh, gosh, what was it? it? was like two and a half hours. Uh, I booked it. I pulled up to the wedding basically as it was supposed to start, uh, cut it way too close. And uh, yeah, we got uh, my wife's friend married. And then my wife and I ended up driving home that night because she had to work at the church the next morning. And so, it was a huge, long, roundabout trip, but wouldn't have changed it for the world. And honestly, Maddie, I have you to think, if you wouldn't have gotten married out there that weekend in West Texas, I probably wouldn't have got to go turkey hunting this year. So, it all worked out. You always got to see the you know, the bright side of every picture. Even when you got a spring wedding, hey, you might be able to, to kill some turkeys. And so... That is the story of my 2022 turkey season. I know this episode's a little bit on the short side, um, but thank you guys for sticking with me, listening. I hope you learned something, and I hope that I get to do a lot more turkey hunting next year. Because this experience absolutely fired me up. So I hope you guys had good luck during turkey season also. I know it's been a little while since it was turkey season. Uh, We're sitting uh, mid-June right now. But uh, thank you guys for waiting on this story. Thank you guys for listening to it. And I hope you enjoyed it. That's it for this week folks. Thank you guys for tuning in. Once again I apologize for it being a little bit shorter of an episode this week. But once again... I just had a baby, so I feel like I'm doing pretty good to get this episode out, Uh, so yeah, I don't feel too awful bad about the length, Uh, hopefully you guys can forgive me, and uh, hopefully y'all can be praying for my little baby girl that everything went smoothly, so she's not here yet necessarily when I'm recording this, but by the time you listen to it, there's a very good chance she's here, so thank you guys for tuning in, we're still going strong, we got a lot of content coming up. And uh, man, deer season's going to be here before you know it. I feel like I was saying that a lot last year leading up to deer season. I haven't talked about it as much this year because we've just had so much other content to talk about. Uh, but yeah, deer season's going to be here before you know it. Um, I got my blinds ready. Uh, got, uh, man, I need to get more tree stands up. Uh, I got a couple sitting in the barn. I got some I need to take down and move. Um, I'm going to be hopefully getting on that. I don't know when cuz I have a baby now. Uh but at some point I'm I'm going to get out there and I'm going to, you know, hang a few more tree stands and uh and be ready for deer season. So Thank you guys for listening to this. I hope you have a great summer. Uh, Please wish me luck with this new baby. Uh, Pray for my wife, my poor wife, and her lack of sleep uh, because right now she's probably not getting any and she really needs her sleep. So thank you guys again. I'm going to get out of here. And until next week, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.